right, this is What's Your Passion? I am Chad Sinkowski, your host today. Have you ever dreamed of racing a car at 200 miles per hour? Ever thought about serving your country aboard a U.S. Naval warship? Well, my next guest, he's done all of this and so much more. He's played Division I football at the U.S. Naval Academy, Naval Special Warfare Officer, keynote speaker, eSport company owner, and NASCAR driver and team owner, Jesse Awuji. Jesse, how are you doing today? Hey, uh, thanks for having me on the show, and I'm doing pretty good. Hopefully everyone as well, too. All right, thank you. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, I just want to get things started here. Uh, U.S. Navy, I'm a U.S. Navy uh, uh, veteran myself. I want to just kind of get started. Um, what compelled you to join the military? So for me, uh, joining the military, uh, you know, it was something that really kind of came along with football. Uh, while I was, uh, you know, growing up in Dallas, Texas, originally where I'm from, you know, I had this big goal and dream to go off to college and play college football. So I worked really hard in middle school, worked really hard in high school to get better and better and better, um, to increase my skills, get bigger, get stronger, um, do all the things I needed to do to eventually get recruited um, to go play college football. Now, as I was going through that journey, uh, trying to make that happen, eventually, in my, during, uh, going into my senior year, um, some of the coaches from the Naval Academy started recruiting me. And I looked at the opportunity as a really good one to go off to a really good school, get a great education, play football for a great team, um, be able to, uh, and also be able to have a career pretty much started for me after I graduate uh, from the Naval Academy. So this was just a great opportunity all the way around. I was super happy that uh, a, a school like that was recruiting me. I had other schools that were also um, trying to get me to go there too, but uh, the Academy just felt like the best place for me. It just, it just hit all the different, um, it hit all the different things that I needed to hit uh, for me to have the life that I wanted to have and the success I wanted to le um, reach in life too. So uh, going to the academy was really the best thing for me. So that's kind of what led me towards um, joining the military. Uh, once I got recruited and, and accepted that offer and went to Naval Academy, played football there for four years, uh, graduated in 2010, uh, became a surface warfare officer in the Navy. Uh, and, and that's where everything kind of kicked off. Sounds good. Now, Okay, so the Naval Academy is a great place to start. Now, I followed you on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, and you've kind of shared some family stories about your mother and father, where they came from. So I know it's, you know, it's not an easy thing, uh, probably for you, every, all these endeavors that you've gone through. And then uh, for them, can you talk a little bit about your family, maybe some of the, the hardships that they've gone through, which has kind of afforded you the opportunity to get to the point where you are today? Yeah. So, you know, both of my parents, they're not originally from the U.S. Uh, both of my parents were born in Nigeria. They were raised in Nigeria, lived, you know, half their life there before coming over to the U.S. Um, my dad uh, was the first one to come over. He came over in the early 80s, uh, decided to settle in Dallas, Texas. While settling Dallas, Texas, he, he, got his, uh, he got his education, got his bachelor's degree, went back to Nigeria, married my mom, and then brought her back here you know, so that they could start a life here and build a family here. And the reason why they did that was because there was going to be a lot more opportunity here in the U.S. than there was in Nigeria. Both of my parents growing up in Nigeria didn't have a lot. They didn't come from much. My dad came from a family where he had uh, 10 siblings. He was the oldest of all, of all uh, of the bunch of 11. But um, 
you know, having 10 other, you know, younger brothers and sisters running around um, in a household, uh, a small house, very small house uh, in the village, uh, that was rough. You know, it's not like the U.S. where you just have running water all the time or electricity all the time or anything like that. You know, for them, taking a shower was outside. There's a little boxed off area where they just built up some stone, you know, so you could take a shower. And, and that shower isn't just running water, you know, dripping on you. It's, it's go grab a bucket from the water that you do have. If you, go, you have to go to the river and get water or if there's a well nearby, get it from there. Get water and use that to take a shower each day. Use that, you know, use water that you get from the river as well to, uh, you know, boil it so you can cook with it or clean or do whatever you need to do. Um, that, that's how life works. It's hey day for a mom mom didn't have much growing up uh you know her her mother was sick for a good portion of her life um and was in and out of the hospital and there's one time where she was there for a while and my mom had to you know go back and forth between school and you know uh, home life in the hospital to try to help her mom and my mom was only you know 10 11 12 years old during that time and uh you know imagine being basically a middle schooler or even a fifth grader a sixth seventh grader having to run to the river, fetch water for your family, uh, go to the hospital, try to take care of your mom. You know, if you're trying to pay hospital bills, going and grabbing fruits off of trees and taking that to the market and selling it and anything you sold, you know, is extra money you could use to help pay for medicine or pay for her stay in the hospital or pay for whatever the family needs. You know, little things like that she was doing just, just to try to help the family. Um, it, it's difficult. Like they don't, they didn't come from a lot. They all came from village life and that wasn't easy at all. But um, coming from that to America and seeing all the options we have here and everything that we are given here, it's just, you can't, there's just no excuse to not succeed here in the U.S. Right. It's, it's really all about perspective, right? Because like you said, middle school, I mean, that's enough stuff for an adult to deal with. And a lot of adults wouldn't even be able to handle that. Oh, so yeah. you're absolutely <laughs> right. It's about perspective, the opportunity that we have in America. Um, you really don't have any excuses. Um, but can you talk about, you know, a, a lot of people, I think, starting out, they have like a, a passion or maybe a dream. And, and sometimes there's doubters. There's people that are not rooting for you. Um, do you have any type of advice for somebody that's kind of just starting out? Or, or maybe they've uh, been in a, a certain career for a while and it's just, it doesn't seem like it's going that well because, you know, they, they, there's going to be doubters out there, out there all the time. You could have the cure for cancer and somebody is going to doubt you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's always going to happen. And I always tell people when you're on your journey in life, going towards whatever your goal is, you have to remember that only you were given that vision to do whatever your dream is, to accomplish whatever you're supposed to accomplish. You have to remember that only you, only you, nobody else was given that vision. And because only you were given that vision, nobody else is going to be able to see it for you. You have to see it for yourself. There will be people outside of you who will just believe in whatever you believe in because they just want to root for you and see you be happy. So they're going to root for you. But they're not rooting for you because they see your exact vision. They weren't given it. So there's no way in the world they can see it. They might generally be able to kind of see wherever it's going, maybe, but there's, they're not going to be able to see it. They weren't given that vision. They weren't given that roadmap. They, they just weren't given it. So all they can do is try to be happy for you because they want you to be happy. That's it. But the majority of everybody else who doesn't feel like being happy for you, they will be negative towards your goals and towards your dreams because they can't see it. And that's okay. It's okay if they don't see it. They weren't given the vision, only you were. So when you, when you finally like understand that and you take that on, 
then you stop worrying about the doubters because the doubters are not there to just help you all of a sudden, you know, realize that, you know what, hey, it's better to go back to my safe, secure life and not take any chances and not go after my goals and dreams. No, like that's, uh, no, like you were given a vision, you have to go towards what you were meant to be. And that's it. No way around it. Um, Don't worry about other people. And, you know, from the famous words of Les Brown, he said, never let anybody's opinion of you become your reality. And once you start taking that on board and you start understanding that and understanding that there's going to be ups and downs during the journey, there might be more downs than ups along the way, but that's okay. You know, like I, I'm a spiritual person. I pray, you know, anytime I pray and I say, Hey God, can you please give me the strength to go through this? You know what he does? He doesn't just give me strength. What he does is he puts hurdles in my way so I can get stronger. He puts weights in my way so I can lift, lift them and get stronger. He puts different things that will trip me up so that I can get stronger. That's how he gives you strength, right? It's the same. It's just how it goes for everybody. And um, once people take that on board, once people understand that and they trust that, then all of a sudden, it's like I, I'm, I'm meant to succeed. You know you're meant to succeed as long as you just keep going through it with faith and relentless action. I, I agree totally. I mean, some great words of, of wisdom. Um, the, the big thing for me uh, that I love what you said is vision, that nobody else can have that vision because only you have it. And, and I would think about it like this, Jesse Awuji. So in the Naval Academy, how does he get to NASCAR? Right, because somebody from the outside, I'm sure, wouldn't have that vision. Naval Surface Warfare Officer racing cars, right? They can't have that vision, but you did. Can you talk a little bit about that? How do you go from transitioning uh, from the military career to NASCAR? So, you know, throughout my life, I've always loved cars, I've always loved racing, uh, never really had the opportunity to do it when I was, um, you know, a kid, I didn't start in go-karts or anything like that. Uh, Parents didn't have that kind of money at that time. And they were focused on making sure that we, you know, went to school, you know, played the sports that we're going to play that were free to play like football. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we did that, you know, so that we could do that, eventually go to college. Like their goal is to do what they need to do so we could go off to college. And after that, we were on our own. Um, They weren't going to pay for college, by the way. They were like, we're going to set you up so that you, are going to figure out your own life from there, but they, they weren't going to pay a single dime for college. So none of us, you know, me and my brothers and my sister, all of us got um, athletic scholarships. So my parents didn't have to pay a single dime <laughs> and we didn't have to pay either. But um, yeah, no, that, that grind is, uh, it, it's pretty wild that uh, basically how this whole thing went from Navy to NASCAR. Um, I've always liked cars. I've always liked racing. Uh, never really saw myself becoming a professional race car driver until uh, I started getting into track day stuff. So after I graduated from the academy, um, you know, I was like, okay, football's over for me. I don't have anything like super drill and rush exciting anymore going on. I'm in the Navy, but, you know, ships don't move that fast. So you're kind of just like, <laughs> <laughs> you're just steaming around. So right. uh, I needed something new. I need something fresh. I need something exciting, fun, and uh, competitive to do. Um, a sport, another sport, but I wasn't going to play football. I was done hurting. <laughs> so uh, racing, uh, I started taking my personal cars because I had sports cars. I would take them to the track and I would do open track days. And these are track days that anyone can do. You can go to it. You can take your mom's minivan to a track day if you want. You can take whatever <laughs> you want. Um, I just took my cars that I had and I would go and I did that. And after, you know, a couple of years of doing that, finally, it just uh, made the decision. I was like, you know what? I really like doing this a lot. 
I was like, it'd be cool to be a pro driver. Uh, what does it take to do that? And did a, uh, some quick research. I'm like, you know what? Anybody can go that route. Like, it's not like football where you had to go play high school football, then college football, then try to try to make it to the NFL. It's not like that. Like, you can go – I'm not saying you can just jump to the big leagues, but you can work your way up into the big leagues through different racing series. There's like a – there's you know, you can do that. You know, there's not like a set path to do it, but there is a way to do that. So I decided, you know what? Let me go after this. Let me, let me, let me try to make this happen. I made that decision, and right when I did – all of a sudden, I just kept on envisioning myself becoming a pro driver. Like, I just kept on seeing it, seeing it, seeing it, seeing it. Like, it was just, like, the only thing on my mind. And I was like, okay, I think this is where I'm supposed to go. For some reason, this is on my mind more than anything else. This is where I need to go. And that's kind of how that journey started. And from there, it was putting in the research, putting in the time, putting in the effort, um, being resourceful, networking, everything I needed to do to try to find my way into racing at a lower level. And then from there, once I got into a lower level, using that same resourcefulness, using that same networking, using the same marketability, everything I was doing, figure that out so I could, so I could go up the ranks of, of racing. And I decided that I wanted to settle in the stock car racing world. So basically go the NASCAR route. And uh, once I did that, I just figured I was going to be different in that area. I was going to be the only service member who was serving and trying to race at the same time, you know, as African-Americans. So there's not that many African-Americans racing in NASCAR, uh, you know, all these different things that made me different, I think was going to make me also special and, and maybe even more marketable, which would hopefully attract more sponsorship dollars if you're more marketable. So I just figured this would be the best route for me. And I went the NASCAR route. And honestly, it's, I'm, I'm so happy I did that because I've learned so much. Um, been able to, you know, go up the ranks and yeah, I still have a long way to go. I'm not the best driver out there, but um, eventually I want to be one of the best out there. I want to be, you know, someone who's super competitive on track. I want to eventually win races and want to eventually win a championship. So it takes time. It takes effort, but um, we're grinding to make that happen. Right. And I'm sure you're enjoying, you, you have to enjoy uh, doing something like that. Not only, you know, the speed, but the heat. I've read, you know, 110 to 150 degrees in the car. So it's not something that's, that's easy to do. You don't have any power brakes. You know, you're going to be kind of fighting that car and fighting yeah. you know, drivers on the, uh, on the road. So, um, but mentioning um, you, you kind of been uh, one of the, I guess, minorities within NASCAR, right? Um, in February, 2017, I was reading that you were awarded the NASCAR uh, Dr Diverse Driver Award. And there was a quote. It said that he exemplifies outstanding performance both on and off the racetrack and encouraging awareness and interaction with NASCAR and motorsports. I want to just talk about what do you think is the importance of consistency? Because they said on and off the track. Um, there's, there's many athletes that can do very well um, while playing, but then sometimes they, you know, they might not exemplify the best behavior outside. And, and we have, you know, not just adults watching, we got children. So as a role model, I think, like, like it said, you exemplify uh, outstanding behavior both on and off the track. Can you kind of talk about consistency and just, you know, being a role model uh, for people? Yeah, as, as an athlete, as someone in sports, professional sports, um, you know, we have the, the role, we have the responsibility of being professionals on and off the field. Um, that's just who we are. Like, if you want to be a professional athlete, yet you, you are not trying to only become an athlete, you are becoming a professional athlete. And that is on and off the field, on and off the track, on and off the court, on and off the 
whatever, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, um, right. it's both on and off. You have to be pro everywhere you go. Like I, all this crap about, oh, you know, um, I need my, uh, the people, a lot of people want to still be individuals and, you know, do their own thing and express themselves and blah, 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 blah. If you want to do that, then go be a normal person because then normal people can go do all that stuff and no one's looking at them and they're, they're not, they're, you know, they're, they're not, do, they're not on your level. They're not on TV. You know, like they're not, if you want to go do that, that's fine. But if you want to be a professional athlete, you need to become a professional athlete. Like it, it's like on that. and off. So that's what, uh, that's how I see myself. And, and I, there's a lot of things, not a lot of things, but there's things I've had to like change and do a little different. You know, I haven't, I haven't like, I wouldn't say I like just had to completely like sell my soul or anything like that. <laughs> like I'm still, I'm still me, but I'm, I'm happy that throughout my life, I wasn't some, um, I wasn't a troublemaker for sure. <laughs> right. You know, I've always been a decent person. So I, there wasn't a lot that I had to like take. I just had to just be a little bit more aware about certain things. You know, there's, you know, there's certain jokes you can't say anymore. There's certain ways you can't be, you know, um, but I'm just, I'm happy. I went to the Naval Academy and all that stuff. They, they made sure we were on in a straight line <laughs> for the most part. So, um, yeah, I didn't have to do a lot of changing, but there was some stuff I had to just be just more aware of, you know, and, and, and that's part of it. And that's okay. Like if people don't, if you don't like it, then don't be a pro athlete. Like right. don't be yeah, one. And, like, you know? and I like the, the idea that you threw out about the, the Naval Academy um, besides obviously getting your education, playing sports at the Naval Academy, uh, is, is there anything that you learned additionally? What what did you what really you know was ingrained in you while you were at the Naval Academy? Yeah, so um, at the Naval Academy, uh, we we learned a lot for sure. Um, some of the things that were conditioned into us is you know one time management, two uh, people management, uh, three leadership, um, also two um, one probably one of the most important things is just the resourcefulness, um, being able to be just ridiculously resourceful. Um, they have this thing, you know, it's a small book, it's called Message to Garcia. And basically it's about like, uh, uh, like the general story is some guy is supposed to get some message to someone and they weren't given any, you know, coordinates, no location, no how to get there, whatever. They weren't given a lot, they weren't given much. It was like, hey, this must get to this person figure it out and you have to do it or, or else it's going to be really bad, you know? So, um, that is just we learned resourcefulness. Like we learned how to be super resourceful and just figure things out when we're not given that much, you give us a little bit, we'll make a lot of it, make a lot out of it. And that's what I learned at the Naval Academy. And I've just basically been able to apply those different concepts to everything else I've been able to do in life. And I just don't make excuses. You know, if, if something happens, it's on me, like I screwed up work, work could I have been better. Yeah. Other people do affect things. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, if it doesn't happen, there's something I could have done to make it happen. So um, that's how I see it. And, and I live my life like that. That's what's allowed me to get to where I go. There's a lot of people out there who want to blame the rest of the world, blame circumstances from years ago, blame this and that. At the end of the day, if you're an able-bodied person, like, you know, you don't have any um, special, like, you know, medical conditions going on where you just can't even, like, leave a hospital bed. Like, if you're, like, an able-bodied person, you're able to walk, talk, you know, live a generally normal life, um, you know, you shouldn't make any excuses on why you didn't achieve your goals and dreams. Everybody's goals and dreams are different. Like some people, their goals are to become a billionaire um, and be the next Amazon, be the next Facebook. Some people's right. goals are to uh, start a very, you know, successful, healthy family and, and 
you know, have a bunch of kids and grow them up to be, you know, great people, all that. That's their goal. Some people's goals are to go become, you know, the president of this company. There's some people's goals to go start their own business. Some people's goals to be pro athletes. Everybody has their own goals and dreams. Whatever your highest level of where you want to achieve is, that's your goal and dream. And there's no excuse, no excuse for you not to make it there. Um, there's just no excuse. You can, you know, your, your goal, if your goal isn't to be, you know, Tom Brady, well, that's great. Like if your goal is this, cool, go to wherever your goal is at. It doesn't have to be that. Like we don't, we shouldn't measure success based off other people, measure success based off what you set for your goals in life. Right. Yeah. I like that. So it's kind of like a total ownership, right? It doesn't matter what's happened to you. You you have to just say, I own everything that I do and I'll figure out a way to, to, to move through it. And that Mm -hmm. kind of goes with the resourcefulness, right? Like you might not have the resources, but you have the resourcefulness. You can figure out a way to get find the resources and get the resources. Yep. Yep. I, I might not have the answers, but as long as I'm smart enough to know what questions to ask, I'll get the answers. Right. (laughs) Now, speaking of, you kind of talked about pro athletes, Emmett Smith, hall of fame running back. You and Emmett have recently um, come together co-owners of Jesse Woji Motorsports. Can you kind of talk about that? What's the vision? You like to talk about vision. Let's talk about that vision going forward in 2022. Yeah. So, uh, you know, back in 2020, uh, me and Emmett uh, connected. One of his companies was one of my sponsors for one of the races I was in. And, you know, after that, we we just kind of sat down and started figuring out different ways to do something together. And we had thrown out the idea of um, starting our own race team. And um, through, you know, my agent, Matt Casto, and through some of our other connections, we kind of all came together. We thought uh, we figured this whole thing out. And then we made the announcement, you know, now, I guess about a little less than a year later, we made the announcement, which was in August of 2021. And we decided to come together and start this team. And the whole goal with the team was to create a platform, which was an opportunity generating system where we were going to have a platform where we could give opportunities to people who may have never even thought they would have an opportunity to work in motorsports, work in racing, work in NASCAR, whatever it is, or at least, or at least expose people to, to motorsports, expose people to esports uh, in motorsports, expose people to um, all the different things you can expose people for, uh, uh, to through motorsports. We wanted to do that. And by creating our own team and having our own ownership in something, we'd be able to make that happen a lot better than just going and racing for other people's teams because you don't own anything, you don't have any assets, how can you really truly uh, create that system? So that's why we created this whole thing. And um, we're in the beginning stages right now. We don't have everything figured out. We're slowly just trying to just even just get, we're just trying to get to the track right now. Um, but as time goes on, we'll be able to really, truly, truly blossom this thing, really start bringing in folks from the military who are, you know, transitioning service members. You know, we're going to be able to go into inner city communities and expose kids to motorsports through esports, something that's fun to them. And uh, they'll, they'll be able to connect with a lot better than just, than just sitting them down in a classroom and trying to teach them some certain thing you know all these different things we're going to be able to do over the next few years and beyond uh it's going to be pretty exciting but i'm just pretty happy that um emmett uh hall of famer dallas cowboy you know leading rusher in nfl or uh, nfl history still to this day how many years later i don't even know how many like 15 years later um, right <laughs> <laughs> no no one's breaking that record anytime soon um but uh, it's just been incredible to be able to connect with them, partner with them, and he's been uh, super awesome to, to be with and uh, looking forward to everything we're going to build together. And I think it really says a lot about your character. You know, when people get successful, they think that it's going to be kind of taking, 
right? But really when, when you become successful, you want to kind of pull people up. And there's a great quote. It's, you never want to look down on somebody unless you're helping them up. And mm -hmm. that's what it sounds like you want to do. You're kind of, you're, you're getting more successful. And while you do that, you want to pull people up and you want to be able to spread kind of the knowledge and the wealth and the help amongst everybody to make more people successful. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of want to, well, I'll end it with this last question. And that kind of goes along with um, what is your mission? Like any future uh, endeavors, but really what is your mission, Jesse's mission in life? My mission in life is to basically utilize everything that I'm building because I'm building a lot of things, utilize it to inspire, motivate people and just help them reach their optimal ability, um, opti their optimal self, their optimal vision of whatever it is, just help them optimize themselves. Um, can I save the world? No, I'm not going to save the world, but I can help a lot of people along the way. Um, and by me doing everything I'm doing, I'm basically giving people the opportunity to say yes to their goals and yes to their dreams because they're seeing me out there doing a million things. And then they're like, you know what, if you can do a million things, I can do at least this one thing. Um, and, and that's really what I'm building. That's really what I'm doing. Um, along the way, I'm having fun and, and building my life and building my future family's life and, and all that stuff. But, um, you know, they're, they're, I, I get people who reach out to me all the time through, you know, messages on social media, emails, you name it. You know, a lot of people asking me um, for advice on how they can reach their goals and their dreams. And it's not just people who are trying to get into racing, people in the business world, people, you know, whatever they're doing in life, they just want to reach their goal. And at the end of the day, someone who's successful in life, and when I say successful, is reaching their, their peak, like in whatever they're supposed to reach their peak in. People who are doing that, you can always take information from them. You can always get a lot of uh, uh, good education from these people because they have certain things that they do that has allowed them to achieve success. And you can take all those different concepts and apply it to your life. You know, I, I you know, for me to get to where I, I, I've gotten to, I didn't listen to a bunch of race car drivers who do it. I listened to a lot of people who see, succeeded in other things in life. So I could take from them because they had different perspectives on things and I applied it to my life and it's helped me out a lot. So um, that's what I want to do. I want to be that person that people can just take everything that I've done um, and I, I can give them too. You know, I, I got people who reach out about certain things. And I, I um, anytime I'm going after something big, I typically uh, write a playbook on the way there so that I can take that playbook and give to people they need it. I have a trucking business. Um, so I wrote a full playbook on how to start your own trucking business and get it going. And I got people reaching out to me all the time. I said, you know what, I'm gonna send you the playbook. I sent them the playbook. And, you know, a year later, they got a company making money, you know, so uh, it's really cool to kind of see that stuff happen. Yeah, that's great. Jesse, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, website is jessiewuji.com, J-E-S-S-E-I-W-U-J-I.com. Um, you're, you're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Jesse Wuji. They can find you. Yep, um, yep. Jesse, I'd love in the future, um, if we cross paths, I'd love to be able to sit down and, and talk some more and just kind of, you know, uh, an update and see how things are going in the future. But once yeah. again, I appreciate you coming on and sharing just the, the breadth of knowledge uh, experience and just your story. Yeah, most definitely. No, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, it's fun being on here and uh, uh, talking about everything. And hopefully this message can inspire someone out there um, who's maybe, you know, doubting themselves or thinking that, hey, you know, people are telling me I can't do this. So I probably can't. Don't listen to those folks. Life rewards those who stay strong enough, long enough. So if you stay strong enough, long enough, you'll get to wherever you're supposed to go. It's not about talent. It's not about all that other stuff. It's all about straight up staying strong enough, long enough. 
All right. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. 